Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back again to Fake History. I am joined, as always, uh, by John Goldie and Lee Sutherland. And today, Hello. Uh, today we are going to be looking at serial killers, uh, not literally, um, unless the two of these have got secrets they're not telling me about, and I'm looking at them on Zoom. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, John, I'm going to pass it over to you. You first. I think you've got uh, I, I call an interesting couple of uh, lists or whatever for us uh, this week. Yeah, I've got um, I've got the British the British top five ranked from ranked from uh, worst to worst to worst to good. Um, so yeah, I've got all the kind of all the facts and uh, how they were caught, their nickname, and the dates and things like that as well. So yeah, and one that was quite prevalent because he was uh, he was born uh, up here in Aberdeen. Oh, as well, fantastic. Um, yeah, let's 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 get started then. Let's get started with uh, with uh, with number five. Are we going from the the, the 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 fifth the fifth most successful to the first most successful? Is that how we're going to do it? Um. Yes. Yeah. We'll go. We'll go. Crap first. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good day. What he does. I, we we don't admire people that are serial killers. Just uh, just put that out there just now. We're not we're not suggesting it's a career path for anyone that's listening. But uh, it's probably. <laughs> It's probably quite good that we're actually doing this podcast. At least if uh, anybody is actually looking at my, my my search history on Google, they'll know why I was actually doing it. And I've just not got a fucking, <laughs> I've not got a fucking sick obsession with serial killers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not so sure yeah. you should have been googling where should I hide the bodies though. That's maybe that's maybe a bit uh, too far. But, uh, well, there uh, go. Uh, damn it. <laughs> okay, let, let's let's be stone then. So who's who's who comes in at uh, number five on your list? Okay, number five um, is a chap called Steve Wright. Do you remember him? Yeah, now is he Ipswich, is that right? Uh, I right, smarty pants. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, Steve Wright. Uh, uh, just to anybody, not the actual DJ from Radio from Radio 2. Uh, yeah, Steve Wright. Um, do you remember his, um, oh, his media nickname? Suffolk Strangler. Kendall, this game's going to be nice for you to keep in all the time, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he was known as the Suffolk, the Suffolk Strangler. And do we remember how many? You, you may as well bat three for three here, Kendall. How many, how many victims? He did five, didn't he? You're looking at me. Are you, have you got a camera? Have you got a camera? No, 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 all right, I'll give you three. I'll see if you can go four for four. What kind of what kind of people did they target? What was it, his well, choice of victim? It, it was prostitutes. It was local prostitutes. I, I'll go one. I'll go here one with you. By the way, we the way we do these podcasts, just so you know, it's like we'll we'll, we'll decide the um, the subjects beforehand, uh, but we don't discuss the the the, the context. We like it to be a bit more organic. Um, so the, which is why you know I'm, I'm just greatly annoying um, John at the minute by knowing about this one. But the um, I, I'll I'll give you one which I don't know if you know about is I don't think he did this on his own. No, no, no. I've, I he did. I don't think he did. They, they looked really closely at another boy. Uh, before, he wasn't the first one to get arrested for this. And no, 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 no. It wasn't. They, they they looked at a couple of people, but mm. he um, he'd been interviewed 
Yeah. He'd been interviewed a couple of times mm-hmm. <coughs> because he was notorious <coughs> round about that area. Yeah. Because he frequented, he frequented. He was in the, he was in the army, mm-hmm. and he used like, uh, he used like uh, prostitutes and stuff like that during his, uh, during his career and things like that. So he's, throughout his whole life, he's always used, he's always used. And apparently, the reason why, um, the reason why he started doing it is he get, he get uh, ripped off. Believe it or not, that's that's what led him to actually start doing this. Uh, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I don't know. I also, I also can't remember how they caught him. Hmm? See, I also can't remember how they caught him. They, they actually caught him. Um, the operation was called Operation Sumac. Mm-hmm. An attempt to, uh, it was an attempt to locate him. And he was <coughs> caught through, basically, through CCTV because he frequented the areas. He didn't really cover his tracks that well. Mm. It happened between, it was only uh, on a three-month, three-month, uh, Spree, if you like, mm. if that's one way of describing it. Yeah. Um, but it was over over a three month, and he was only caught because of his his car was seen. His car was located, and uh, when they searched his car, they matched uh, DNA from one of the victims to him. That's how he was caught. Interesting. It's one that that's one we maybe need to look at a, a bit further. That I found that one of it. I remember at the time, and I remember the guy who was arrested before it. Remember it, it, it Holly Wells and the, the two wee girls who went missing. Ian Huntley ended up getting done. Um, yeah. For, for, yeah, for yeah, killing yeah. Them. And he was on the media, and he was all oh, wasn't he? he was he was they were you know. Um, they they came over and they spoke to me asking about you know mm. Maxine my girlfriend and yada yada yada. Um, there was there was a guy who was uh, who was arrested and interviewed about that beforehand, and I I hastened to add I'm not accusing them of being a killer at all. Uh, for any lawyers that are listening, but the um, but I, I do remember listening to his interviews going ah, <laughs> okay. Uh, and I think, if, and again, I might be wrong. I'm sure there was was something in the back of my mind saying that there, there, there seems to be links between the, the two of these guys knew, knew each other. He was actually a friend of me or something. I can't remember. I need to look into it more. Um, um, but I, I, I do I think, find yeah, I think he acted alone. Yeah, I, I do find I it quite funny. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was number five. Okay. Well done, Kendall. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm here all week again. Uh, right. Spoiler alert. I know. Hit us up with number four. Hit us up with number four. Okay. And Reese has done this like, you remember the, the, the charts? Yeah. yeah. Bully. In, in four. In four. Um, it's a couple. Mm-hmm. Fred and Rose? That's it. The very, the very same. The infamous yeah. Fred and Rosemary West. Mm-hmm. And how many? Ah, now then, now. <laughs> We're just talking about the two of them. Well, looking at he, well, technically, well, he, he was, he was, he was already, he'd already killed two people before he married, before he met Rosemary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 60, 1967. Was but, but he did he right? Okay, I think if I remember rightly, was there eight bodies in the house? Um, or six, twelve, twelve. Okay. 12. Um, but he said in interviews that he'd done about forty-five or forty-seven, but they would never find them. 
if I remember. Uh, well, yeah, they, they, they was like they, they did do more, but obviously they got, I think we did 90, 92, 1992, and then it was in 95, in 95 he killed himself. But they got done in 94 for yeah. it. But yeah. I'll come to that and you remember how they got caught as well. I, I know I can't remember how they got caught actually. Um, basically, the two of them. I watched I watched a program on them, and, and it said that the two of them, <coughs> because they came from such like abusive uh, backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, that they were actually perfect for each other. But uh, was she actually her, the first person she actually killed? Was his daughter from his first marriage? He was in jail at the time, wasn't he? And he was in jail, but he was yeah, in jail for a theft charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <coughs> and it was something to do. She was, I think, she was jealous of him and blah, uh, jealous of the kid and stuff like that. Aye. Um, but it was they, they got caught because there was allegations made that he'd raped one of his own daughters. It was like a friend mm-hmm. that had said it. But uh, when, they, when they, the case came to trial, the leads, the people the, that they had to put on the witness stand refused. So the case was dropped. Mm-hmm. And even though they knew it, but the case was dropped. But the, about two years later, um, well, I think three out of the five kids that were still living in the house, mm-hmm. they were um, talking one day and there was apparently an on-running joke. Mm-hmm. And the family, uh, if you don't behave, you'll be buried under the patio along with your sister Heather. Yeah. And of course, Heather was uh, Fred West's uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's actually that's actually how they were caught because of a joke. If you sum it up that way. Do you remember that one, Lee? Yeah. Um, not so much all those details of it, but I definitely remember the case of it. Yeah. And I think I've watched a documentary a while ago on this one. They're uh, they're a screwed up couple, like. Oh, aye. I mean, you could you could go in the ins and outs of it, but it's just. I mean, I'm not going to spend too long on them. But I just yeah. what I found what I found really funny about it was the fact that they were actually <coughs> caught because of a family joke. I mean, yeah. what kind of parents fucking were they like? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't shut yeah, up, yeah. I, I'm going, you're going to get buried along with your sister, really. Yeah. Because I remember she was like, because um, she kind of worked as a prostitute as well, didn't she? And uh, But she did that by choice, very much by choice. And, and Fred, she had, a, like, sort of, she had, had a, a glory hole and a kind of thing in the in the, um, in the bedroom door where Fred would watch over her clients and all that first. Um, they, aye, they, they, they picked up, weird. They, they picked up, uh, like, basically travellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how they picked up the victims. They basically, they, they went round, it was vulnerable young girls. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what the target was. Yeah, yeah, they were fucking really sadistic like we do them. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well suited. She's still alive, right enough. Yeah, it's, it's you know one thing I always find really strange about them um, as we're going on. I always find really strange about serial killers is the amount they want to keep the other crimes secret or or the details secret. Uh, and I suppose are they really ashamed of it, or are they keeping it for themselves because it gives them it gives them kick? No, it gives them power because um, the reason the reason they say that about a lot of serial killers mm-hmm. or or anybody is that when they've when they've committed the murder, they're in power. It's like you talked about Ian Huntley. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of serial killers 
will always be in or around the scene, you know, or like trying to help to search, yeah, or you know, because they get off on it, mm. but they'll always be close to it. The reason why they're always close to it is so they know exactly what's happening. I mean, Ian yeah. Huntley's a prime example, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, uh, who was the I was watching one the other night on the the guy that um, he murdered. The, I remember his name, but, he, but the premise is he was going out with this girl uh, and then he finished with her and then started dating her more, moved in with the mother, but he had a fascination with the stepdaughter. And then the stepdaughter, um, he, was baby, he was babysitting one night because the mother was away out. <coughs> and um, I had a, he had a real sick fascination with her, like, you know, I mean, I actually came out and washed it on his mobile phone. He went into a room while she was sleeping and was taking videos of her and stuff like that while mm. she was sleeping. Mm. And uh, he killed her, um, and it was the one that was, um, he was on the TV and all that with the t-shirts on, he was out searching, and he, oh, he did, uh, he, she was uh, she was in the house, she was in the loft. I, I know exactly who you're talking aye, about. The aye, guy aye, was aye. on Jeremy Kyle and everything as well, wasn't he? Aye, aye. Um, um, was, aye. God, what's his was, name? That was, uh, but again, that just goes back to what I'm talking about, because they want to be seen so they know what's happening. Yeah. You know, but he he actually he he when he knew the game was up because the the crop started to smell like after I think it was like after a week. Yeah, because he couldn't um, move it. That's right, because it was up in the loft, wasn't it? He he, he put it in plastic bags yeah, up in the loft, yeah. and then he couldn't he couldn't move it because the um and they it kept goes back, back to, to search. uh go back to I uh, the reason why they, they withhold mm -hmm. the reason why they withhold a lot of things a lot of psychologists say is because it means that they still have power because yeah. they're in prison. They've lost their freedom, they don't have the power, they're being caught. But yeah. by not detailing to people and playing games with the police and blah, 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 they're still in control. It's all about control. Yeah, interesting. Okay, who's your next one? Um, okay. Uh, in at number three this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, we have uh, somebody called Mr. Sutcliffe. Yeah, Peter yeah, Sutcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. What was his nickname, Kendall? He's the Yorkshire Ripper. I, I, I'm the only one of the three of us that's old enough to remember him, of course, like at the time, I would think. Um, um, yeah, well, he, well, yeah, he's, he was between 1975 and 1980, kind of between Leeds, Bradford, that kind of, the kind of areas as well. And again, he targeted... Um, he targeted prostitutes, but then um, he targeted vulnerable women as well. But yeah, between 1975 and 1980, and he was interviewed at least, it must have been about at least five, four, four times, five times, and they let him go because they didn't have any, he was just interviewed as a person of concern. Okay, I, 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 I think I can get some bonus points in this one. Did they not like so? They, did they not tie him to the crime? So they, they, he was caught by accident. I remember he was caught by accident. Uh, he was, I, I. Um, he was caught by. He, uh, he, he was carrying a hat. He was pulled over for was it a, a false registration plate or something? Yeah, false false number plates. Yeah. yeah, and he just he was just I. He was just about. To, to do it, he was yeah. just about because he had, and then he, when he got arrested, when he got, they pulled him out of the car and stuff like that, he actually said, "Can I go? Can I go for a piss?" Mm -hmm. And when he's done that, he's mm -hmm. dumped the hammer 
That was his. Yeah. What do you call that? Modus. Modus yeah, operandi. Modus operandi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, big one. I had a bottle of cereal before I come on the mic today. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. That was. Uh, in, in, it was only after twenty-four hours of being in police custody they admitted it, and yeah. then they went back and checked the checked the site as to where he went when he went for a pee. Yeah. And uh, I. If, if I remember, because if I remember rightly as well. They managed to they managed to definitively prove it because the, the the cop had said I mean I'm going to go back and check that crime scene because I remember when from this and he found the hammer, but then the um, one of the clues they did have is he paid one of the prostitutes with a five pound note, uh, but the five pound note because in those days it was like it was literally brown envelopes at the end of the week you would get paid by and you would hand get handed a brown envelope with mm. cash in it. And the payroll office used to record the serial numbers of the notes, and he uh, he like he'd forgotten to take the fiver back after he killed one of them, and the fiver was a five pound note. They went they went they were able to go back to his workplace, and they found they, they got a list of what had been paid, and actually this note was one yeah, of the ones wow. he'd been given. So they managed to tie him up the second of the uh, to, to one of the actual murders as well as um, just with a hammer or something. If I remember uh, rightly, I'm sure. No, no, no. It's uh, yeah. But see, when he when he done it, it it's uh, he it was he reacted. Uh, it was doing uh, with paranoid schizophrenia, and he said it was God that made him do it, and blah blah blah. But he was a pretty evil bastard, like you know, I mean, not like Steve, right? He strangled his victims, and then memory serves, he had some kind of fetish with shoes, randomly. But um, he never raped him or anything like that. But Sutcliffe uh, did. He was a real fucking nasty, but he, the reason why he got away with it for so long, because he was a long distance lorry driver as well. Mm-hmm. So he was always in and about as well. That's, I think that's why he was, he was interviewed quite a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. but he's, um, yeah, a real fucking piece of work, like, do you know what I mean? But they, they said, um, they said he was a real kind of suave and sophisticated character, like, you know, he was very charming and blah, 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 so. Yeah, so he put people at ease and stuff like that as well. Because his, like his, his wife never, his wife, his wife never had a clue. No. When he was married, he was happily married. Well, well, I suppose if you're a serial killer, mother, you're not going to be fucking happily married, are you? But he was married. I suppose <laughs> if you have an argument, you can go and just knock out the next last of your pass. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> go back, right? Okay, what were you saying, dear? Um, so, yeah, so you do that way. But he, he's, he's very similar. There's quite a few of them, and obviously a lot of them are sexually motivated, etc. But it's surprising looking in at them how many aren't. Because I think Levi Levi Belfield's another one who. Um, who would uh, like, literally just go and knock them over the head with a hammer? Because he did the uh, Russell, Megan, Megan, and what was the other one? Russell, um, the mum and daughter. Um, nah, he was he was a piece, he was a piece of. But again, that wasn't him. Was, sorry, that wasn't him. That wasn't him. There was somebody else I'm thinking of. Um, it was it, it, Levi Belfield. Oh, I can't remember. I'll come back to me. I'll, it might come back to me. Carry on. Sorry. Uh, no, no, I was listening to you. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. quite strange doing quite a lot of talking on this podcast, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Lee, Lee's a quiet I mean, one this I mean, week, that, right? I mean, I mean, no, I'm not talking about Lee, by the way. Don't bring him in there. No, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying. You're talking about Christ Almighty. Anyway, no, I mean, yeah, carry on. Sorry, yeah. so your next, your next one. Next one is um a guy called Dennis Nielsen. Mm-hmm. I don't know a huge amount of De- Dennis Nielsen, funnily enough. Did he kill men? <coughs> yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember a great deal about him at all. Yeah, he. Um, what was that? If you don't know, he was born. Let's say he was born in Fraserburgh in 1965, if memory serves. Um, yeah, he picked up um, kind of homeless or homeless gay guys, mm-hmm. essentially. And he had he he done it over two apartments. Uh, he moved. I think halfway through his killing spree, but it was he'd done it. He'd done it for like quite a few years, and he only got caught. I mean, this this guy was a real piece of work as well. Like, do you know, what I mean, after he killed them, like he used to drug them, mm-hmm. <coughs> and sexually abuse them, and then he'd get dressed up and then sit and watch TV with them. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> oh, hold on, <laughs> I think match of the day starts off ten tonight. <laughs> get you dressed up and sit <laughs> yeah. watch a match. Sit and watch with me. Keep quiet. Um, uh, oh but, man, he was a real, uh, he was a real piece of work. But he's, um, he, you, I mean, you won't know. If you, I think you won't know his nickname, Gendo. Cannibal, something cannibal. Nah, the kindly no. killer. Oh no, no, no. That was his. Uh, no, yeah, but the only reason why he, the only he got caught, was a obviously because of the smell. But b, he's the he lived like a uh, top floor flat, mm-hmm. and um, he was basically flushing the flesh down the toilet. Yeah, and uh, I and that's like because. Uh, uh, the, the pipes were clogged up and they were clogged up with him so when they thought they, they opened the drain and found it and then they traced it back up to his flat um, he, he, the game was up like do you know what I mean but I was uh, <laughs> he was a if, bit that, if that's cause for arrest surely you've been done for about seven murders no well he was actually he was actually done. what day he's been murdering people again <laughs> the toilets are clogged <laughs> That's only after I get after my big man. Um, but about yeah, once the game was up, he actually just sat in the back of the the police car, and the police uh, asked him, so, "So how many is it?" And they were expecting to say one or two, mm. and he said, kind of just very matter of fact, like just well, I uh, about fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, things. No, is that, a bit, is that better now? That's better. Well, no, because we've been um, you, but yeah. <laughs> Oh God! I could outside enjoy the sunshine. There's a man here like a young ball face like a, on a mobile phone. Um, so yeah, he was yeah he was a real piece of work. So he's number he's number four. Okay. Oh, well. Okay, you must be able to take a guess who the next one is, Kendall. I mean, he's the most prolific serial killer in the world. In the world. Mm-hmm. That's who he's been dubbed as. Now. There's a, there's a Russian guy that's done hunters. Um, and, You're talking uh, Shipman. Hmm? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Harold Shipman. Oh, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. Is, he's still... He, how many is he down for? Well, he originally, got done, he originally got found guilty of 15. <coughs> but they're reckoning it's anywhere between 250 and 265. James. So it makes them, it makes them like... <coughs> The most serial killer ever. Mm. Uh, uh, what was his nickname? Doctor of Death, was it? Doctor Death, aye. Doctor Death. Yeah. But uh, that, that's it, an odd one because we went through a we went through a, a strange phase with him, didn't? Because you had Beverly Allett as well, who was the. the yeah, nurse. she was the. <coughs> she was a bit of a fucking nut job. Yeah, I watched a, I watched a documentary in Harvard. She was. Um, 
Aye, aye. The angel, she was the angel of death. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, she, the thing was as well, she only got a job in that, in that um, a pediatric ward because they were struggling. She would applied for so many other jobs as a nurse and nobody would touch her. She was a qualified nurse, mm-hmm. but just because she didn't have any experience, but because they were really struggling. Yeah. Um, aye, she was aye. But just, I don't understand how nobody else would click that when she started, you know, it was always her, mm-hmm. you know, or something's wrong. You know, I mean, she killed, yeah, I think it was about five or six, but she attempted to kill a hell of a lot more than that. Mm. As well, but she's never actually confessed as to why she's no. done it. And she's she is she's still alive. Yeah. She's she's never confessed. She's never actually said why she actually done it. I love them. As I say, a lot of it is funny. They're just because <coughs> Tobin's another one. We might talk about him later. But um because Tobin's only down as officially as is it three he's down for? Three. Um, yeah. but he's He's yeah, but there's further bit. links and connections to Tobin though. They yeah, go way back, yeah. as in decades oh, back yeah. to the sixties. Yeah. But then you look at yeah. look at Harold Shipman. I mean, his I mean they're saying he was from like the mid seventies until he was caught in ninety eight. So if you actually think about it, it's twenty mm-hmm. years, twenty two years. Mm-hmm. <coughs> How was he caught? Shipman. Um so some did one of the families not complain and demand an autopsy or something? Uh, aye, but his his modus operandi, if you like, was uh, administering heroin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so happy, I a lethal dose of dia diamorphine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he it was only he was only discovered after he attempted to forge a, a deceased thing with three hundred eighty six grand. Yeah. That's when he tried to try to take her money. Mm-hmm. The police started connecting the dots. And that was it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, but he, he's, he's sadly no longer with us. Um, but yeah, but he's, I mean, I think if he was still here, I mean, I think he would have admitted to me. He caught in 98. He hanged himself in 2004. So, yeah. It's another one of these hanged himself things, isn't it? Like, uh, right, Epstein uh, and everything, like they hanged themselves. Sure, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like Peter Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe stabbed uh, himself in the eye with the. <laughs> Huntley's been going about <laughs> trying to cut his own coat in, uh, in prison. So, so yeah, but that's so that's how he was. So that's how he was caught just by uh, just by his own greed, essentially. Yeah. yeah. As well. So yeah. Cool. So well, that yeah, is that uh-huh. is that is the top that is the top five. Yeah. Serial killers in, in the UK. Or most, <laughs> if you want to say most prolific. I don't know why Beverly Atley wasn't in there because I think she must have only been four. That's probably why she wasn't there. I yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I suppose it depends very much on what they're what they've actually been, you know, nailed to rights for. But a yeah. lot of them are just sample cases, and they know they've done others. I mean, Robert Black was the same. He 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 got done for about three. But these guys, I mean, a lot of these guys when they're when they're getting caught, they're they're getting caught when they're starting to make mistakes, and so they get caught for their last couple because they come quite arrogant and quite cocky. Um, well, that but I just don't know. I think the official what they say is that um, some the, the the normal age for them to start killing because they obviously they've grown up and adolescent and they have these fantasies etc. And it tends to be in the mid to late twenties that they start killing. But if you look at the age of some of these guys we're talking about, <laughs> this isn't going to be their first rodeos. You know they're not going to no, start. Like, you know, like to Tobin and stuff like that. As I say, what well, he's going to start killing at sixty five. 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't think so, but uh, oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Lee, have you, have you looked into any or have you got um, anything? I, I went for two very, uh, well, not so much unknown, but just, just making the grade, if mm -hmm. not scraping the barrel of serial killer. I think uh -huh. you need three to officially make the grade. Right, yeah, yeah. But uh -huh. um, I've gone for one. Mm -hmm. If we go back to the 1960s of Glasgow, mm -hmm. um, 1968, there was a lady called Patricia Docker, 25-year-old mm -hmm. nurse. Mm -hmm. um, she was separated for a year from her corporal husband. Mm -hmm. A huge fan of dancing, and she was out one night in the Majestic nightclub in the Barrowlands. Mm -hmm. um, later on that night, she was found wearing um, a used sanitary towel with no bag and dead. Uh, witnesses basically had seen her at the club with a bag and there was very little more of that and nothing further found. Mm -hmm. But follow on August the 16th in 69, there was a Jemima McDonald, nicknamed, well nicknamed, uh, known as uh, Mimi. Now she'd not returned from a night out before, but her sister had overheard um, while she was actually looking for her. Her sister was actually babysitting her three kids. So um, she was obviously getting worried as soon as she made return that night. And um, she'd overheard some kids talking about a body uh, while she was looking for Mimi. And mentioned something about an abandoned tenement in the Barrowlands. So days later, obviously, with Mimi still missing and her sister all this time looking after her three kids, she went to check the abandoned tenement. Mm -hmm. and she then discovered um, there was a, a wee crowd there already. And she, she discovered her sister's body. Of course, she was dead. Um, also fond of dancing. She was seen out at the night and going out uh, on, of her going missing. And uh, she was also on her period and missing her handbag. Scoop forward, 31st of October 1969. Helen Puttick, uh, 29 years old, mother of two, mm -hmm. found after attending the Barrowlands. Mm -hmm. um, she'd found a dance partner there called John and uh, it was a common alias for married men back at the time. Her sister Jean, uh, she was with her in the club and also found herself a dance partner named John. Um, Jean Helen and Helen's John shared a taxi home at the end of the night after leaving the club. It was about a 20 minute taxi ride. Um, Jean started to notice different changes in John's attitude and his mood. She tried to lighten the atmosphere and uh, started asking questions about himself. He was given little away, but he did mention he had a sister, played golf, had been in a foster care, and he was agnostic. He also quoted Moses in the taxi, and this is from where he got his name. Kendall, who is it? Bible John. Uh -huh. otherwise You're a wanker, as, aren't you? Otherwise known as Peter Tobin. Well, <laughs> I'll stop talking now then, will I? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Right. Got his name. He got his name, Bible John, from, from that conversation in the taxi. Um, the taxi driver was the last to see her. So she was later found raped, beaten, partially naked, strangled with her own stockings. And uh, the contents of her handbag were strewn all around the scene. Mm -hmm. But just like the others, her handbag was missing. And she too was also menstruating with her used sanitary towel placed under her armpit. Um, they also found signs of a struggle with her, with like grass stains and uh, a vicious bite mark on her body, which was quite distinct because uh, it had like overlapping teeth. Um, let's see, Jean 
became the key witness basically in this whole case. She was the only one that had spent time with him, seen him, spoke to him and saw him up close. Um, so her being able to describe him well was the only option. Um, he gave the name of John Simpleton um, and she described him as being aged 25 to 30, 5 foot 10, medium build, auburn hair, blue-grey eyes and um, a distinctive overlap with his teeth. Um, to this day, there's never been anything else found relating to those deaths and nobody's come forward with any further evidence. Over a thousand people were at men were interviewed in relation to this case and the case quickly became the largest manhunt in Scottish history with over 100 detectives on it and over 50,000 statements taken. In 97, uh, sorry, 96, they reopened the case with the use of uh, new advancements like uh, making use of DNA samples and that and uh, they tried to see if they could match uh, the DNA with the semen that was uh, found on the stockings. So unfortunately there was a bad case of storage of the evidence and that meant uh, that, it, that that fell through. Again in 2007 there was new interest in conv the conviction of Peter Tobin as you mentioned earlier. <coughs> he was convicted of the murder of three different women over 15 years and living in Glasgow in the, eight, the, the late 60s with his first wife, he married and divorced a further two times, with all ex-wives describing him as sadistic and vicious and violent. Um, and he also had a weird fascination for getting enraged with their menstrual cycle, which is a weird thing to stand out. Uh, there was no further related murders after those three, and there was no related uh, answers. Um, Peter Tobin was convicted for double rape in 93. He was then released in 2004, three years after he was sentenced for the rape and murder of Jellica Cluck in Glasgow, 2006. And then there was uh, skeletal remains of two teenagers who went missing in 91. They were found at his former home in Margate in Kent. So Tobin was taken uh, for further conviction of the murder of Vicky Hamilton in 2008 and of the murder of Dinah McNichol in 2009. I mean, there's loads of books, podcasts, documentaries that all connect him with the Bible John murders in the 60s. Yeah. I think I, I, I've spoken to these guys before about this. Um, but but just to let you guys know, I do have a bit of personal uh, experience with um, Tobin <coughs> and the fact that... interview, don't I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, the 65's uh, about your year, is it no, Kendall? It was, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, when... Um, in Bathgate, when uh, Vicky Hamilton, who was you're one of his... Yeah, Vicky Hamilton, one of his victims, went missing. Um, obviously, I lived in Bathgate. I was brought up in Bathgate. And... Uh, within a very short scale of time if, if the place was flooded with police and people searching and all that kind of thing she was actually going on her way back from Centre Bathgate to Falkirk and uh, they, they were searching all the, the different lands and the gardens etc and a couple of days after she went missing when they were searching I was uh, out at the front uh, garden coming back from the shops actually uh, and I thought I saw Vicky Hamilton getting on a motorbike and I was like, oh, is that her? And I was, my girlfriend at the time I was saying, do you think that looks like her? But she was probably about 50 yards away so we couldn't really see. Um, and I went into the uh, house and I said, to, I said to my mother, 
you know, I, I think it's all Vicky Hamlin. She says, well, just phone them. Phone the police. Uh, it won't do any harm. So I did, and I phoned them, and they came out, <coughs> interviewed me. Uh, <coughs> two days later, it was two, three days later, they came out on CID, um, and they just asked me what I'd seen, and I, I told them. With me for about 45 minutes. So went away thinking no more of it. Probably wasn't her. That's, that's fine. Uh, and then many years later, uh, probably at the same time as they were looking at him after uh, the, the murders that he was talking about, I got a knock, knock on the door in Edinburgh. Um, I'd moved to Edinburgh by that point, uh, and uh, they can come in and talk. It was Chief Inspector, whatever his name was, but high up, dude. Uh, <clears throat> we've uh, reopened um, this case, so looking again at the camera because she hadn't been found at that point, obviously. Um, and uh, just going back over statements, I said she could have a word, so certainly no problem. So went over it. Uh, I couldn't remember much about it. I said, can you tell me what was in the statement at the time? And they said, well, this is the problem we've got. Because they showed me the statement and it literally said, despite the fact they'd been with me for about 45 minutes, the statement basically said, Kendall Matthews thought his thoughts of Vicky Hamilton, that was it. So again, think no more of it. They said, yeah, yeah, no, we're just looking into it. We do that from time to time. Cold cases went away. Thought no more of it until Tobin was uh, arrested. And then it turned out that Peter Tobin lived diagonally opposite me. So I had I back my house backed onto the football pitch. And then just next to the football pitch was Robertson Avenue, which was um <clears throat> another row of houses. So I was on a street called Falls Hill Crescent. And uh, yeah, he was literally diagonal. If, if you looked out my bedroom window, which looked into the back garden and the uh <clears throat> and the, the football pitch, he was diagonally opposite me. So it was like two doors down. Uh, was his background <coughs> where, where Vicky had originally been buried and then he'd dug her back up and then took her back down south. So yeah, I, I've got a, a little bit of knowledge on, on him. Obviously, I've paid a bit of attention to him. Uh, and looking at the the the, the EFIT that they make of uh, Bible John and a photograph of Peter Tobin around the same time, they do look yeah. suspiciously. Familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. I remember. I still I actually still remember the photo for actually. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Bible John. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to be a bit kind of thing here, but you know, the, the, the word menstruation, eh, it's, it's almost, it's like, it's one of those words that's up there with like moist, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Not oh, a lot of people like that. Sick saying it, man. Yeah. Oh, your, your wish, your big girl's blouse. Moist. He's one step up. He's one step up from um, Tobin there, isn't he? Just the mere mere mention of the word sets him off in one day. <laughs> but do you know, do you know the best? I, well, we had to leave after he told that story, so I don't know what you were doing. But anyway, <laughs> um, but what, what I find what I find quite bizarre about that whole thing is what you're you're talking about, Lee. Is that how did he know? How did they know them? I mean, that's I mean, don't get me wrong. I've used some really, really crap chat up lines in my time. Do you know what I mean? Some of them have worked and some of them haven't. Like, do you know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah. Excuse me, are you menstruating just now? Isn't one of them? No, but it might <laughs> might have been a case of the um, the use as an excuse. So if he was saying, "Oh, can I come back to yours or whatever?" Then it's, "Oh, well, no, I'm on my period or whatever." So if, he, if he's in the Barrowlands every weekend or every second weekend. And he chats and some some uh, somebody up, and uh, then you know somebody gives him that line. Uh, it's just it's just. Well, it wasn't I mean, so much giving him the line. There was actually evidence of all three of them. Oh no, I, I mean I it, know can, that. it can absolutely just be a totally random coincidence. That's what I'm uh, thinking. It is it actually a coincidence? But, but it is I'm just trying to look at. I'm just trying to look at the kind of 
the kind of lighter side of being honest with you, you know. Because yeah, let's be yeah. honest, there's not one thing you, you I mean, you ask and you're like, hey, so it's always like, man, you know, we've all used things, really it? crap chat lines in the past, like, you know what I mean? But, well, that's yeah. definitely one of them, like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, the missing handbag, that's a weird thing as well, you know, and they've all got a lot in common. And, oh, but I mean, you can look into it and sometimes you can tie as much together things as you want to see as you want to find yeah. but it doesn't uh, stop it being well, well you see the handbag thing case. yeah you uh-huh. see the handbag thing i tell you an interesting one then um because it's act this is actually the, this is where it's quite good talking about these kind of things and just having these yeah. kind of discussions because uh one of the things about what they put people off the cell and sent when um vicky hamill went missing was the fact that her purse turned up in St Andrews Square in Edinburgh, so she went missing in Bathgate, and she was like, well, obviously, she had gone to a ship shop in Bathgate, and then she got picked up at a. She was waiting at a bus stop to go back to Falkirk, uh, but about a week later, her purse was found in Edinburgh, in St Andrews Square, uh, outside the bus station there. So, like, leading people to believe, oh, has she run away? Has she done whatever? Um, or it put that seed of doubt in. In the minds of, of people, or whether she just you know ran away, um, but that's quite interesting. If Tobin's one of Tobin's things was to, well, Bible John's things was to, Aye, yeah, yeah. Bags, uh, and then actually Vicky's purse is is something <coughs> taken. So, well, there was obviously enough between both of those time periods and all mm-hmm. six of those cases to create some kind of interest and in, in creating a link, you yeah. know. I think, yeah, the, the, like the, I said, there's there's lots of material on not just them individually, but linking the two, the mm-hmm. Bible John and the Tobin. So, yeah. not saying yeah. it is, but there's a lot to it. I I think it's very strong. I think I do. I do think it's very <coughs> yeah. very strong. Um, the 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 link between the two, and I, yeah, I would be I would be more surprised if he's not Bible John than if he was. Um, mm-hmm. If if I'm honest, but it's, it's it's odd when you look at these things. I mean, I was looking at them, and it's. It's usually coincidental. I think the Stephen Wright one you brought up, um, John, was was one of these things where actually, you know, it was it, I can remember that quite well. And it was a concerted police investigation, and you know, they went and they looked at the CCTV, as you say, and stuff like that, and they got them um, through that. But the amount of serial killers, etc., that they just people just don't know there's actually a serial killer operating, especially in America. You yeah. go to America, and there's so many things. Uh, I think I'm full of them. Oh yeah, I mean they reckon in America there's something like nine serial killers operating at any given time, um, which is frightening, you know, absolutely yeah. frightening. Uh, and you look at Fred Rose West, etc. as well, I think John, you were saying there was 12 bodies or something, well, yeah, but until, you know, there's this random report, nobody even knew there was a serial killer on the loose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. many missing people, um, etc. But uh that it's just it's just not picked up on and only when they get towards the end of their their cycle if you like when they start making mistakes they start getting arrogant and a lot of the things do they actually want to get caught it's what's in i think a lot of them i think a lot of them do yeah i think so too i I think what's the point of being a serial killer (coughs) if you you know if it's about power and control and all this kind of stuff if nobody knows about it um, we'll even look at a lot of TV series and things and, and movies, you know, some of them get so far into it that they mm-hmm. want somebody to recognise their art, their skill, like yeah. actually the way that they, mm-hmm. they pull it off and, and do it all, you know? Yeah. Well, look and at, I mean, enough arrogance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Look at like, a few years ago, because recently, I mean, the, the one I really want, the American one I really want to still get caught is Zodiac, Zodiac Killer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A very famous one. A couple of films and stuff about him. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of good... I got a couple of good suspects, and I, I'm gen. I, I, it's one of these. I'm not convinced that the right guy has been fingered. I mean, they've got three or four different suspects. It could be him. It could be him. It could be him. And I just not convinced that uh, the, the the fingers pointed to the right direction yet. I, I think that he might still be somebody that's not even been mentioned in dispatches. But um, if you look at one, if you've if you've heard the BTK. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bind, torture, kill. Bind, torture, kill. That's him. Bind, torture, kill. That's him. That's, yeah. that's him. But he, you're talking about, you know, people wanting to know now, because he went on a, a spree that lasted probably what about ten years, maybe maybe slightly less than that. I'm not sure. But then he went quiet, silent for twenty years, um, and then he got itchy feet again. So he started saying he sent the uh, the driving license because they all take trophies or a lot of them take trophies. Then he sent the driving license into the the, the press, um, or the police, I think it was the press he sent it to, uh, which led uh, to, to some conversations and he actually wrote to um, the press, I think it, I think it was the press he was writing to, I don't think it was the police, and he wrote and said, can I can I be traced if I use, a, if I send you a floppy disk um, for some details, because I think they'd asked him for some proof or something that was really him or something like that. And, uh, and then they went, no, no, we can't. <laughs> of course we can't trace you with a floppy disk crossing their fingers. Um, so he sent them a floppy disk and they put it in and like find out the format was from the, I think, <coughs> this is how sad I am. It's like the Christ Lutheran Church in Wichita. Um, and uh, the, the name in the file um, was actually, was his, Dennis, Dennis. And then they looked, so they went at Google or whatever they call it was back then. And uh, Googled Christ Lutheran Church and up points, you know, the one of the, the, the not the reverends, but one of the uh, the pastors was uh, Dennis Radar. Uh, and that was him bang to rights. Um, but again, that key was only caught because 20 years after the fact, when they hadn't killed anybody for 20 years, he'd, uh, he sent in the driving license to one of the victims he did um, because he, he craved that attention again, um, <coughs> which was normal. Um, Didn't want people to forget about him. Yeah. But there's one coming up, um, which I, I hadn't actually read or heard much about until they actually caught him, which was the Golden State Killer. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen him, and he did a load um, of people, because yeah. he was actually the East End rapist and the original Night Stalker as well. Uh, all the same guy. Uh, and uh, they did the, there's a big kerfuffle about it because the way they caught him, uh, like, I say they caught him. He's, he's not had his trial yet. I'm not sure he'll make it. He's like 73, 74. He's losing weight. Uh, and he's been in jail probably three years now um, with, with them still, uh, the defence still um, trying to delay the trial as long as possible. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they caught him through the gene- genealogical sites. So they had DNA, but obviously he's never been arrested. So they sent it to uh, genealogy or one of these sites um, and they got a familial match. So, so then they started walking around, like taking uh, taking family trees of the, of this particular family, until they found somebody the right uh, name range and uh, age range and that, that uh, matched the profile, uh, and then they just followed them, took a, a 
uh, grabbed a tissue or something like that that he dropped in the street as they were following him and uh, DNA tested it and lo and behold that was him. Um, so yeah, he he hadn't he's another one that hadn't killed for 20-25 years. Um, and hopefully he's going to get banged up. So Zodiac, I'm not, I'm not as yet given up hope that Zodiac will get caught. But that one, that one always did fascinate me. The Zodiac, I have to say, I have to say, um, what his motivation was, why he did it, um, and and you know he sent puzzles, some of which, a couple of which have been uh, <coughs> decoded. Um, but there's some that you can just look up on the internet, you can just look up the Zodiac letters and stuff like that and the, the codes are there and nobody's actually managed to, and one of them, one of them in particular, it says his, um, his names in, is decoded in uh, and uh, nobody's decoded them, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting one as well. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I don't, I don't know, what, I, I suppose all of them have got different motivations and some of them just want to be serial killers. Some of them just, you know, some of them are, are driven by sexual fantasies. The one that I, the ones that I don't get, I think John, you touched on a couple of them, is the ones that tend to just batter people to death with hammers or whatever like that. Yeah. And then they're not using them for the sexual gratification mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's just, it's just pointless. It's just no. But no then some of the, you know, a lot of the, you, they have a fascination for it when they're younger. You know, like. They start off very small, like with animals and stuff like that, and, mm. and graduate up the way, I think, as well. Yeah, I think that was the case, and I think that was Belfield, Levi Belfield. I think that's what he was. He, he was in, he had a sick fascination with that, mm -hmm. <coughs> with animals first. Yeah. He's yeah, like Teddy Landerser, crushing the Beatles. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> one, there's one that um, we need to look at at some point as well. Susie Lamplu, um, is somebody she's never, her body's never been found. Uh, she was an estate agent. I'm sure I need to look back into it, but I'm sure she was um, one of the serial killers that's been recently uh, that's been caught since. Um, is responsible for that. I can't remember which one, um, but I think it is. But uh, there's one that I died dearly like to sort of get to the bottom of as well. And there's a chef, Claudia Lawrence. Um, that's a very odd one um, that's down south and she just went missing from her house one day but there seems to be some kind of undercurrent over her having affairs with several married men and stuff like that so all of a sudden she's almost been demonised in some certain areas but her body's never been found and she just went missing off the, 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 the face of the planet um, so there's, there's so many of them and that's the thing yeah, yeah. there's so many of them that could be just serial killers, and you're talking. You're talking. Belfield. There's one. There was one that actually happened in. Well, not actually so much a serial killer, but mm. <laughs> actually happened um, two doors down from where I used to live in Great Western Road back in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was the downstairs neighbour, and she was uh, the guy that killed was. Um, I. She was. Uh, she was a chef as well, mm. and uh, she just went downstairs and just killed her. And then just went upstairs, got changed, and then went out shopping with her mum. Crazy. As a whole, Start, was a whole started thing. doing home takeaway meals. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's quite I it was it was two doors down from where I lived as well. There's a whole podcast on it. It's, it's quite it's Jesus. It's quite an interesting one as well. It's then again it's one of these ones she's never come out and said why she done it. She's still in jail. Yeah. But she's never come out and said why she done it. Yeah. Yeah. There's another really interesting one. It's a little bit of a, a Hollywood mystery, but mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard about uh, Christopher Walken. Mm -hmm. 
and you see this, I'm going to forget every name now, it's Christopher Walken and is it Robert? <sighs> Number two in the Austin Powers. Who plays that? Robert Wagner. Famous that. There you go. That's the one, Robert Wagner. There's oh, Natalie Wood, about it? That's it, Natalie yeah. Wood. Yeah. Now, basically, in short, the, 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 the story goes as the, the three of them, I think um, Natalie Wood was in a relationship with Wagner and uh, Walken was just a good friend and they all went off in a boat together. Mm -hmm. and only Wagner and Walken came back. Yeah. She was just gone. Mm -hmm. And that case has actually tried to be reopened on several occasions since. This happened way back in the 60s, maybe 70s, but it was yeah. decades ago. And, and still to this day, there's no answers on that, you know? It's so how many done. people have been let off with something and get allegedly rehabilitated? It's a real shame that we've gone over in time here because there was one that I really wanted to touch so. on. I don't yeah, know if you've heard of... about Ma Mary Bell. Either have you heard about this one? Yes. It's no, exactly that's... a serial killer, to be mm. honest. Because she was cause... two, wasn't she? Eh, aye, she's tagged two, officially, yeah. 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 But there's a really interesting part about I mean, but, but in short, you know, this is back in uh, the 60s again, you know, um, Mary Bell, she, her mum was a prostitute, her dad was a raging alcoholic, um, just an only child at a time and never got any attention from either of the parents. Mm. Um, a long story short, basically, when she... Um, She used to, from from about the age of eight, basically, this Mary Bell, she started uh, having outbursts and, and bursting out with aggression and things. And uh, one of the common things that she would do, she liked to actually like choke people and strangle people. Like just, just a little bit of a choking on a playground with a, another friend or something. And quite commonly just been misconstrued as uh, having a, a, a silly game that just went a little bit too far. Um, basically, let me see. So... Um, yeah, okay, so um, the teachers would see a lot of her behaviour, they were aware of it, they saw a lot of things firsthand, nothing was ever reported of this girl, um, like I said she was always reputed, or, or reputed, she was always being claimed of uh, grabbing people by the throat when she got a little bit angry or a little bit aggressive, which happened in the spur of absolutely nothing. Um, Norma Bell was a girl that lived right next door to her, it was our neighbour, no relation whatsoever. She was two years older, but she suffered from a mental disability. Um, Norma became completely dominated by Mary Bell, and on uh, the 11th of May 1968, um, so 10 and 12, Mary Bell, uh, 10 years old and 12 years old was Norma Bell, they went and picked up a wee three-year-old boy, just a local lad, said that they were going to buy him some sweets, take him to the shops. Um, the boy was found like an hour later, covered in cuts and he was bleeding, didn't have a clue of anything where he was or what was happening. He was later deemed as fine, but there was no question, nothing looked into. The very next day, a lady went to the police, they reported that Mary Bell had tried to strangle her daughter, Pauline. So Pauline, Mary Bell and Norma had all been playing in a sand pit uh, just nearby, and Norma Bell um, all of a sudden uh, snapped, uh, sorry, uh, Mary Bell, all of a sudden she snapped, freaked out in one of her little bouts and she started choking Pauline. She then grabbed a handful of sand and started pouring it into Pauline's mouth. Now bearing in mind the girl's like uh, 10 years old at the time. She then started uh, 
shoving her hand and her fingers into her throat with her fist full of sand, really trying to choke her. And it was um, Norma, our next door neighbour, the friend, she freaked out and jumped up, which made Marybelle react, and that allowed Pauline to get free. She ran home, told her mum, believe it or not, 1968, nothing happened to this. No police, no nothing. Two weeks later, May the 25th, 1968, Martin Brown, four-year-old boy, he was out playing with his friend in one of the ab um, abandoned houses and buildings, like old tenement blocks that were just run down. They were just where kids ran around and played him. And one of Martin's friends uh, thought that he'd found him and that he'd had some kind of accident. So he ran back, told his mother. She came running into the building. Some guy was holding the four-year-old boy and two paramedics just rushed, rushed past as soon as his mum saw that, took him to hospital, and he was pronounced dead upon arrival. And the police were called in, and um, there was allegedly nothing suspicious found by the coroner, um, except for the fact there was several suggestions with no evidence of him having taken tablets that might have been found in that building. Like, literally, some of these buildings had just been left by previous tenements, and they were all just dormant, just... just ragged buildings waiting to be torn down. Um, so, different to that, on May the 27th, a local nursery was broken into with nothing other than a few notes that were just left sort of strewn around the place. One of the notes said, I murder, so I may come back. Another was just random abuse to the police, again saying, we murder. And the last note said, we did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off, you bastard. Police treated it as a bit of a hoax or a prank because um, the letters were grammatically weak, full of spelling mistakes. They thought it was somebody just having a laugh or be, you know, a sick sense of humour. But the same day at school, Mary Bell wrote a story in one of our workbooks about Martin Brown at school. And she wrote that there were crowds of people outside an old house. I asked what was the matter. There had been a boy who had just laid down and died. But the bottom of the letter of her story, Mary Bell had made a drawing. It was of a, a worker looking upon Martin's dead body. And it had a little bottle on the side next to Martin. It said tablet on it. Um, so scoot forward, July the 31st of 68, Mary and Norma, they're watching uh, the tearing down of some of these old buildings. And they started playing with a three-year-old boy, Brian Howe. And they went off to play in a field together. And that same night, he was reported missing. So his body was then later found that night in a field. He was found half naked and dead. And he had stab wounds in his legs made by scissors. It were the same scissors they reckoned that were used to cut off some of his hair, which was thrown around and found by his body. There was also a letter M carved into his body but it was done on separate incidences, or at least on a different time scale. So one half was before he died. The other half of it was after the death. Now, evidence basically suggests that it was originally an N carved in there. Um, and then after the death, that N was basically turned into an M, you could suggest Norma, and then mm. to Marybelle. Um, so anyway, it was, uh, it was determined later that the death, the cause of death was actually a slight and slow strangulation, uh, perhaps by a younger or a weaker person. The reason for this was because there was no marks of strangulation, but there was no other explanation to it except for the lack of air going to the head causing whatever for them to believe that. 
The police reopened Martin Brown's case, and very soon the two cases got linked, and uh, they changed Martin Brown's death to homicide. So now the police were looking for an actual killer. So it took a few days before several people went to the police, and they started to suggest looking into Mary Bell. Uh, police went to speak to me, well, went to, to try and speak to Mary Bell, but were chased away by her dad, who was threatening them with dogs. But uh, a couple of days later, they got a break and it actually um, had a witness that came through. It was a nine year old boy who'd said that he had first hand witnessed Brian's murder. So the witness at nine years old only had the brain capacity of a four-year-old. There's a lot of bloody mental victims in all of this. Yeah. But he couldn't quite understand or comprehend what he was witness, what he was witness to until he actually told his parents. Well, a woman told his parents straight away and they have sort of went, fuck, you know, like this, this, you know, they went straight to the police. So the boy told the story of how Brian, home, uh, how um, told Mary Bell that he had a sore throat and Mary Bell, she was basically assuring him that she would uh, make it better and she could heal it by massaging it. And then continued to progressively strangle him to death, slowly. Um, finally, the two girls were eventually brought in for questioning. Uh, during that time, they were both put into care, so as not to be able to discuss anything in their story with anybody. And um, the police started collecting evidence, including works from their school. So... The handwriting was found to be very consistent with that of the notes found in the uh, in the broken into nursery. But more interestingly, they found the letter she wrote on the same day of the murder of Martin Brown, and um, it had that drawing on it. Now, the thing that stuck out stood out immediately was how could she have written that bottle had a tablet on it because there was nobody that had any known uh, knowledge of there being any suggestion of there being tablets taken or pills taken as there were at the time because none of that was made public only she had managed to get that in the drawing and the question is raised obviously well how that's that's a very strange thing to come away with but it was uh, the police had enough um information and it was enough to uh, charge the girls for the murder um norma was quickly made exempt because of her mental disorder um and mary well basically due to you know, the dramaticism of all of this, she was actually examined by several psychiatrists who all deemed her a psychopath. Um, so instead of being, well, she was found guilty, but she was found guilty of manslaughter at the age of 11, and she was diagnosed with a mental disorder, leading her to be rehabilitated and sent to a boarding school. Um, Mary always blamed her mother due to her bringing up, her upbringing, and um, after Mary's conviction, um, her mother became a raging alcoholic, completely depressed by it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Mary was then moved on, I think it was uh, after a few years, into an open prison with almost no supervision. They could come and leave as long as they were back by a certain time. And at age 20, she escaped. She was later found and returned, but in 1980, after 12 years uh, for the murder of two boys, she was deemed no longer a threat and released with full anonymity. Ah, can I say the bloody word? Anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> Four years after her release um, was the 16th anniversary to the very day that she killed Martin Brown. She had a daughter, and that daughter was also given full anonymity. <laughs> um, and at 51, she became a grandmother what? as well. 
But the thing is, for somebody like that, I mean, there's so many interesting factors in that story, but then you've got somebody that after something like that at such a young age, and way back then, you're not given mental health help, you're not given support or guidance. They're out after 12 years, you know, in our early 20s. How do you know nothing ever else happened from that? I mean, Christ, she's gone on to be a, a mother, you know, who she could have been a direct threat to her own child and her granddaughter or to a grandchild, whatever it was. So, I mean, so many people can look at this rehabilitation or getting out because they've done their crime and they've played the game. Does it mean that they're not out doing more? No, you're absolutely right. If you, I'll throw another one at you um, when you're talking about that one because um, do you remember the James Bulger thing? when the, the wee Yeah, you know, yeah, Jamie uh, Bulger. Yeah. Venables and... Uh, John, uh, what John Venables and oh, I can't remember them, but the um, but since because they got released at what was it eighteen? So yeah, yeah. Released at eighteen, the two of them, and that was a horrible murder. I mean, they they, they oh, stopped arteries on his backside and all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. Um, I mean, real nasty, nasty shit, and um, and then like sort of caved his head and then put it over like put him over a, a railway road. Uh, uh, a railway track so that a train would run over them and all this kind of stuff and it would just to try and cover the tracks i mean real nasty stuff um but then obviously the two of them got released and again they got an uh, anonymity um for life. one of them was one of them was found out or not because he's not like um bold this something this, to do with his something to do with his internet something to yeah. do he's like having he he caught. this is the thing it's not just one yeah keeps on getting yeah he Aye, keeps yeah. on getting Terrible. pulled back in yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so John, John Venables and yeah, Robert, Robert Thompson. Robert Thompson, that's the other one. That's it. <clears throat> but but this this is this is the point. It's like so the, the, the Lee's making there, but also the one I'm trying to say to to everybody. Right, okay, I'm not casting aspersions, but because and again, like like let, let's not give them credit for intelligence here. It's right, okay, so they got caught, they got banged up, he's got released, and then he's been caught another two or three times with child porn, X, Y, and Z, all the things. He's not, he's told people, Venables has also told people who he is, so he's had to be re- relocated or given false names, etc., a couple of times. Um, whereas the other one, I'm not saying he has, by the way, but has the other <coughs> one not done anything at all, or is he actually well, he's just, he's just He just kind of fell off the radar, didn't he? Yeah. So is he just better at it? And, and this is the thing I'm saying. It's like you've got all these people, but are we just are we literally just catching the ones that a are unlucky, and b are making you know stupid mistakes and stuff like that? Because an awful lot of them, as I say, I brought up a couple of cases there. That there's a slight hint, just the startings of a slight hint that actually is is a serial killer over in America. Green River, the Green River Killer. Um, operated for years before they realised there was, um, and he did what, uh, he did th- certainly 30, 40, if not more. Um, and it was years before they realised because they weren't finding the bodies. Uh, and then all of a sudden they found one body, so they started, oh, I better maybe have a walk up and down the riverbank then, started <laughs> finding all these bodies. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, and it's the funny thing is, almost in, uh, in America, the, the good thing you've got is the death penalty. But I'm not saying it's a good thing to kill people or it's not to you know each to their own um, on on that kind of opinion. But what it is good for, and I was watching one the other night, and it was it was quite 
it was quite sad because they actually um, they they'd got one and they uh, they'd said right okay they got, they've gone bang to rights for these killings uh, mm-hmm. and they said but then they knew he'd killed this other woman uh, and they said right okay we're not going to go for the death penalty if you tell us where this body was where this body is because obviously the parents can't grieve and we think he did her as well and i said right okay fair dues give me a bit of paper so they give him a bit of paper and signed it off that he wouldn't they, would, they wouldn't pursue the death penalty and he said right okay <laughs> she's outside my bedroom window <laughs> so so where, where he slept with his wife every night literally outside his bedroom window he dug a hole put this woman in and he slept and he's, he's like, <laughs> got up in the morning and it comes oh there she is i said because he's guns against whatever so um, <laughs> so, so that's that's all very well and good but to me it's like right okay no i i want to know how many more you've done we suspect you've done x y and z more and we've got evidence that you've done x y and z more you give us a full confession and we'll not pursue the, the death penalty but instead, they, they kind of wasted and getting one more body. Now, to be fair, that guy is, is now on death row because they actually they, they, they found out in a different state. They, they got him for another two murders. Unfortunately, that, that state, I think it's Washington, he's getting held and now no longer um, carries the death penalty. So although he's like he's on death row and, and um, convicted to death, um, sentenced to death, they, they, they won't kill him, uh, which is a bit of a pity. But... If you watch, I mean, I mentioned BTK earlier on, but if you watch his confession, because um, when he got nailed, they did the same thing. So, right, we know you did this, we've got your bang to rights, we know you murdered it. Confess to everything and give all the details um, and we won't pursue the death penalty. And I don't know if either of you have watched that, but um, it's, 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 it's on film. You can watch it because they, they, they obviously film a lot of the court proceedings over there. But his literal, at his trial, he had to stand up there and tell the judge everything he'd done to every one of the victims. And, and he did. He didn't flinch from it. And it's, you can watch it on, you can just watch it on YouTube, pull up on YouTube. And uh, he just goes in, yeah, and, and then I took this one to the basement and then tied her up and then I went over and I raped that one and then I did this and then I did that and then I went over there and it's like, oh, scary stuff. But that's why I'm really hoping for a trial to, to because I, I do think it helps the victims. Um, is to, to, although it can, must be horrible to, um, to hear, yeah, would you rest if it was one of your relatives or something like that? Or, you no know, chance. Your daughter or something. No, no, no. And all you know is like this: something terrible and dreadful had happened to them, and they'd been killed, but you didn't know the details. It must be better to know. Yeah, but as long well, I think it's closure, isn't it? But more so closure. I don't think I would want to know the details, but I just want to know where the body was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't really want to know what they went through in their final moments. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I would rather yeah. just. You know, as long as I knew where the body was, that's closure enough for me. I wouldn't want to sit in a fucking courtroom and listen to it. Yeah, but the, the guy, the guy that's up now, the Golden State Killer. Look into this if you've not looked into it. The Golden State Killer is what he's he's mostly common known as now. But he's done loads. He, he progressed. We were talking about escalation, and he, he started breaking and entering. He was actually a policeman, uh, and then he was uh, he was he was a local law enforcer, which wasn't a policeman anymore. He got canned from being a police policeman because he got, funnily enough. He um he got caught shoplifting a hammer and some tape or something like that from oh, fucking yeah, mouth. Yeah, but he just got on. sacked because of shoplifting. They never put two and two together at the time. And um 
and uh, then he went on this huge spree where he was like he started like kind of like you know as a voyeur and then he went on to sexual assault and then he went on the rape then he went on the murder um but he i mean so the stuff he would do he would go in and he would wait till night and then he would go in and he would have the torch on and then he would put on flash on but he would kind of specialize in couples and um and families and stuff and he would go in and what he would do is so, so if it was a husband and wife he would tie up the husband and um, with like sort of the, the you know the plastic tie things um so like uh, legs and uh legs and hands and stuff like that bind their back and he would put them uh, sometimes in a different sometimes in the uh, same but if it was in this different room what he would do is he would get some cutlery and stuff from the the um the kitchen he would help himself to a sandwich, you know, make himself at home, uh, help himself to a sandwich or whatever like that, make himself a sandwich um, after they were tied up and then he would come back and put like, say the husband in the different room and he would like take some crockery and he would put it on the guy's back and says, if I hear any <coughs> chink of cutlery, anything, any noise, then I'm just going to slit her throat and kill her. Which he did anyway, um, but that's how he would control the situation. So it would end up his part of control. Would he would like literally know that that husband or whatever like that was listening to him rape his wife and kill his wife or whatever like that before he went and then killed him. So you know, real nice guy. Uh, and as you say, they've now got him. But he, uh, but the, the problem with it being such a huge number of victims. Uh, and you're looking potentially over 100 victims, I would imagine. Um, not all dead, but certainly between rapes and murders. Um, so yeah, it's a case of it's taken such a long time to to build up the case against him to send him to trial. And the, of course the defence are doing everything they can to delay that um, trial that, you know, he's now 74. Is he coming, going to come to trial? And he uh, he offered last month, I believe, to plead guilty, um, as long as they drop the death penalty. Aren't they? Uh, and I think to to me the answer is like the same as they did with BTK. It was like, fine, okay, you get up there, and you detail, and you admit everything, um, and then we won't kill you. Because seventy four, I mean, but I think you know the, by the time the appeals is going to be another ten years anyway. Yeah, like the appeals process. So, um, so I do that. But keep an eye out for that because that'll that'll hopefully be coming to fruition certainly within the next twelve to eighteen months. If it's like one way or the other. But if yeah. he's now, if he's now, you know, offering to plead guilty, then that might be over and done with quite soon. I I hope because what I don't want is I don't want him to die, and um, without it, like the Moors murders. You know, the Moors murders. They they Brady died last year. Um, obviously the last of two of them. Um, and uh, that poor bloody family Keith Bennett still don't have the body yeah. um, and he's died he knows where that body is but he was keeping his control um, and annoyingly um, he gave his lawyer on his last visit he gave his lawyer two briefcases Samsonite briefcases um, to take with him uh, which of course I, and he also gave there was also a lawyer that was given an envelope who 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 went out and she would get all kind of shit because that's apparently had the um the uh, the, the location of the of the body apparently or, or refutedly and she's refused to 
um, you know, disclose anything about it. She might even have burned it or destroyed it um, now because she got a lot of shit that lawyer did. But certainly um, there was two Samsonite briefcases given to his lawyer um, just before his death. And whether he's given instructions for them to open it on a certain date, maybe on an anniversary or something like that, no idea. <coughs> no idea. But in that kind of thing, I just think, you know, the, the, the police, etc., should have more powers. They should be said, right, if, if there's a, a reasonable opportunity um, to, yeah. to, to, to investigate further, why is that not, you know, why is it allowed to walk out of the prison? These two Samsonite briefcases from Ian Brady, you know, no, no. unopened. It's to be crazy. Full of evidence. Because one thing I did actually consider doing, I'll be honest, is um, I actually considered um, writing um, to Peter Tobin um, for this podcast and saying, right, okay, obviously I was quite close by and one of them, um, and I, w I would like to uh, interview you um, and, and, and see how it goes uh, and that kind of thing. But if I was to write that letter, um, or if and he was to reply to me, then those letters going to and from the prison would be opened and read. Yeah. So I don't understand how two Samsonite briefcases were allowed to come out without people going through them. Um, could be trophies from prior to him going in jail. Could be anything. Yeah. Could, could be, be anything, anything in there. Yeah. Written yeah. confessions. Could be maps to bodies. Yeah. Could be anything. I actually think he... Uh, the reason why is potential. I know you're saying he knows, but uh, pfft, did I mean did they get back and actually draw a map? So did they actually remember where they done it? Well, yeah. Well, they used to take pictures. If you actually look, they used to take pictures on the um, on, on the moors. So, for instance, one of the very famous ones where they found one of the bodies was uh, was Myra Henley sort of um, kneeling down next to the stream, looking down like that on the moors, and this is where they bury one of the bodies. Uh, he took the photograph, and there's lots more photographs and stuff like that. So, mm. and they went back on because to get days out and stuff like that, the two of them would say, "Oh yeah, I think I remember where the body is." Yada 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 yada, and they would take them back out, mm -hmm. and then they would point out areas of interest, areas of interest, um, and they found all but one, and that was like in the sort of the eighties and nineties, I think they did that. Um, but I, I do thoroughly believe. Um, that, that he was just keeping that last one as his, his hold, his power, if you like, because mm. they drip fed the, the location of the rest of them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they blamed each other. Um, you know, those those two were two horrific yeah. communities. But these people find each other, and that's the other thing. I mean, we 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 all bring it to an end just now. Uh, and I th obviously, it's been a widespread one, so we will focus a bit more. Um, in future on maybe specific cases because um, we could certainly do an hour on a lot of these cases um, yeah easy but, uh, but yeah one thing I do find very interesting um, is an awful lot of these people find each other you're talking about Fred and Rose West yeah but you've got uh, Ink Lake and Ing in America you've got Eileen Buernos and her lover who got away scot-free just by um testifying against her and stuff like that and I'm not convinced as I say I am genuinely not convinced that Steve Wright did that on his own I think even the coroner has said there may be a second person involved in that one um, but they find each other you know there's a lot of these people that find each other um, and that you know is there, a, is there a Facebook for serial killers <laughs> um, 
But uh, it's just this is crazy to me. It's like it's like a tinder. <laughs> exactly. Interests. Interest in cutting people up and tasting them. Um yeah, plenty of fish, it's plenty of flesh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Denny, um the the, the, the woman Denny who only a couple of years ago, she did, she was trying to get to 10 or nine, she was trying to get to nine, wasn't she? And she killed three people or something like that. But she's got two guys in tow, tow with her, who are like pointing them out and driving them about the place, you know? Oh, Catherine Denny, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was a proper, proper psycho, by the way. Yeah. But I, again, they, but make, again it was they make mistakes. But again, it's to do with, I know, she, she just, for her, it was, it was about the rush. Hmm. That's why she done it. I mean, I mean, she went out in broad daylight and started doing it. Do you know what I mean? The guy just walking his dog down the street, and he just she just ran up behind him and stabbed him. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't remember how many times, but he he survived obviously. But mm. yeah, it was just all about the thrill for her. That's yeah. what it was. It was all about the thrill. But yeah, the two people that were in the two guys, but it's because of the charm. It's a bit like uh, we talked about Sutcliffe earlier on. Do you know what I mean? He was uh, very suave, very sophisticated. Mm. The same as this lassie, she was very persuasive. Mm-hmm. Plus, she, you know, I mean, she, don't get me wrong. When they said she, would, she was quite nice looking, she, no, no, I don't, I don't see it myself. Like, but oh man. Anyway, yeah, I remember that one as well. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Right, okay, guys. Well, I think we'll leave it there today. Um, we've had gone through quite a lot, and it was a wide ranging subject. So we we might revisit some of these cases, um, on an individual basis, um, in the future. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed hearing us drip on about them. And as always, do feel free to get in touch with us if there's anything that you know different. Or do you know, or, or can you think of something that actually maybe has never struck right with you and you want us to look at, <coughs> uh, which we're more than happy to do. We do have uh, various contacts, etc. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear from you. Uh, so take care and we will speak to you next time. Good night. Adios. Bye.